Today is Thursday, December 24th. The title for our devotional is Paul, Peter, and John. First of all, happy Christmas Eve. Hope to see you tonight at our Christmas Eve service at 5 p.m. over at Echo Park. So far this week, if you've been following along with the devotional, we have seen the compassion of the Father in Jesus and the compassion of Christ lived out by Paul in his letter to Philemon. Today, Let's simply take a look at a survey of the New Testament texts that call us to live with this type of compassion for one another. First Ephesians 4.32, the Apostle Paul writes, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, that's our word compassion, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Philippians 1.8, again this is Paul, For God is my witness, how I yearn for you with all the affection, there's our word, of Christ Jesus. Philippians 2.1, again Paul, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Now for Peter, 1 Peter 3.8, the Apostle Peter writes, Finally, all of you, have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, there's our word, and a humble mind. 1 John 3.17, here's the Apostle John. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? The word translated heart there is our word for compassion. So in this short survey, we see the three primary authors of the New Testament letters, Paul, Peter, and John, all calling Christ followers to have compassion, affection, and a tender heart towards one another. As this compassion was a hallmark of Jesus' ministry and the character of God himself, so it should characterize the people of God. This, coupled with all of the imperatives to love one another, the church should be a pretty great place to be. And in large part, I think it is. I don't ever want to be so down on the church to make a point trying to inspire you to be better that I don't acknowledge the things that we do well. I can think of many moments in the last few years that have stirred my affections for brothers and sisters in the church. Things like weeping with people as they share terrible tragedies in their stories, desperately praying for God to heal chronic pain, mourning the loss of loved ones. This should be the norm in churches. We are called to give our hearts and our affections to one another. This is the type of community that the apostles envisioned. A community that embodies the compassion of God towards one another. A community in which our hearts go out to one another. Affections like this for one another can only be developed in incarnate communities like we've been talking about the last few weeks. For additional content today, I've included a portion of an interview from Gabe Lyons and Don Everts. The interview is called The Hopeful Neighborhood. Enjoy. Yeah, and I think theologically sometimes 
people get a bit conflicted about this. I, I feel like you know there, there's been a movement that that said, hey, to do good in the community, it also has to be followed by presenting the gospel message and making sure people are evangelized, right? Like in the same act. Like if I'm going to rake leaves for my neighbor, we, we can't leave until I, yeah. we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and this this guilt that goes with it that also creates all kinds of awkward, weird conversations that I'm not sure really advance what our heart is for that. And and some of it's just poor teaching, poor theology yes. to not understand that God's glorified when you go serve your neighbor. Like that brings glory to God. Right. And there might be a great opportunity to share why you're doing it, your motivation, or to begin a friendship that, that then leads to deeper conversations. But we put so much pressure on the service that, uh, you know, I remember John Stott, you know, over in England who, who talked about this. And, and he talked about how both evangelism and uh, these like uh, common good projects are like perfect dance partners. Like you, you need both of them. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's not about 50-50. It's like a good marriage where in a good marriage, you know, both spouses give 100%. You, you don't go, hey, my wife gives 50% and I give 50, then it's a good marriage. And he, and he was making the point that evangelism, that's 100% of our responsibility as Christians. And you know what else is? So, so are these common good projects. That's 100% of what God's called us to do. We're supposed to do both yeah. and trust the Holy Spirit to move and, and not be ashamed of any of it. We, we should be bold when yeah. the Spirit calls us to describe sure. why we do what we do. But I, I think for too long, a lot of Christians have, have got caught up in this idea that, man, to do service without working in like the plan of salvation to right. the conversation means we're not serving God well. And I, I think you're right to take a long-term view of let's build relationships. Let's go work alongside people and start to build friendships and trust through those friendships. There's going to be the moments. There's going to be the crises. There's going to be the opportunities where people are asking the bigger questions. That's right. And now you've got a relationship of credibility where you can walk into that. I love how you conclude this book, this idea of this little patch of ground paint that picture for people um, before anybody gets overwhelmed with what we're talking about. Let's, let's, right. <laughs> let's kind of help them see like how this is possible for all of us. And I especially think in this moment, this week, this will really be hopeful for people. This little patch of ground, I mean, to think hyper-local, you know, what's on the news is, is the global, the national, all those things. The reality is we're called to make a difference by God in the place where he's put us. So the encouragement is for people to say, just draw a circle around you and some of the people in the place around you. And just look at that. Spend some of your time just thinking about the place where you are, because God actually calls individual Christians and congregations to make a difference right where they are. And that, right, you can look at your few neighbors. You can look at the few businesses. You can look at what are some of the gifts that exist in this place right around me. That is very doable. As you said earlier, we have agency because people want community members. People are open to people who live in the community to make a difference. They may not be as open to churches or Christian organizations doing it, but they trust members of the community. So just for people to capture the vision of, you know, maybe this is the age of the Christian neighbor. People will trust you because you live near them. And so that's a place where we can make a small difference and doesn't even have to be huge. Start to get to know your neighbors. Yeah. Start to get to know some great possibilities that you could pursue for the flourishing and well-being of you and your neighbors. Yeah, and I, I really do think we talked with Rod Dreher on a, a recent episode of the podcast. He, he talked a lot about the future being built around community and local community and working together and forming these common bonds and contributing to the local economy. and 
I think our world is is moving to this place, even as yes, it feels more global yes. globalized. There's also this sense of going more local, take responsibility for this parish and for helping those within it to flourish. Well, Don, I'm just grateful for you taking the lead on this project over the last couple of years. I think the timing is just remarkable. Talk a little bit more about where people can go to learn more, to be inspired, to hear the stories. Yeah, I mean, we are we're launching an entire uh, nationwide. A collaborative network of neighbors who are using their gifts and the gifts of their neighbors to pursue the common good. So people want to find out more information. People can just go to hopefulneighborhood.org uh, to, to see how we're launching all of those resources, those tools. And in, in an age when we can be frustrated, man, why can't we get along? And it feels so divisive. Boy, we actually get to make a difference and get along and be hopeful right where we live. Today, reflect on your experience of church. Do you yearn for one another with the affection of Christ? Would you describe your relationships in the church as tender-hearted? Do you have affection for one another? Is this even what you expect out of your church community? Is this type of compassion what you have given to others in your church community? If this has been your experience, praise God for that. If it hasn't, Why not?